Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Run. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. As usual, you know, that's what we say all of the times. We have three great clips for you today that I worked on. Very important clips that we're going to talk about. So uh, hang in there as I continue to make sure and bring all these pieces in. Bring all these pieces in. The news is in. As we all know, the news is in. The mob boss won't be able to claim immunity. I repeat, the mob boss, Donald Trump, will not be able to claim immunity. He's probably going to take it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court is probably going to say, "Uh uh-uh, we don't want to touch that baby. And that's probably why it took so long for the D.C. appeals court to rule. They made it a complete analysis that almost makes it impossible for him to get what he thinks he wants. All the Trump trials will drag out till after the election is what Donald, is what Pollard said. I think I think we should plan for that. But I think if the Supreme Court does not take uh, the case on, he's he starts trial in May. That's my prognostication. Anyhow, welcome aboard Lee Grant from Montgomery County. Welcome aboard Bruce Pollard from Kingwood. Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Bridge MCP. From uh, upstate New York, also known as oh my God, why can't I remember? I can oh that that, 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 that I'll remember in a little bit. Uh, Gene Daigle, good afternoon, welcome to. I don't know where you're from. Yvette Avery Herod is from Atlanta, Georgia. Michael Rundin is from Brooklyn, New York, and my failed mind. I so want to remember that little town that our star. Bridge MCP is from. I got to get it. Uh, hey, hey, hey. I had it yesterday. Why don't I have it today? Got to say over and over again. We need to start a pool. What kind of pool do you want to start for the Super Bowl? Start it. Go ahead. Egberto. That is what it's all about. If you had ever listened to her the last 30 years, you should at least read her lyrics. Always been for the people. I agree with Birmingham, not Birmingham, though. Uh, Bridge, Bridge, I love her. Uh, listen, I was in college. I think I was in college when she came out with that song. I remember, uh, yeah, I, I remember she always had a different look. Binghamton, Binghamton, Binghamton. Come on, I just need to think Birmingham, Binghamton, Binghamton, Binghamton. Come on, get it there. Anyway, May Wood is from uh, Long Beach, California. I know I got that one right. Uh, Bruce Fowler says Revolution Day. Bridge MCP says for the screen, whatever you want for the screen, you get for the screen. The screen is blinking, so I'm going to use a screen grab instead. And here it is. Katie Crosby says, no loss on me that a black queer artist and a white country singer came together to sing a song about belonging. America is starved for connection across divides that performance shows how much music 
has the power to heal. Girlfriend, I love that. I simply love that. That is what I believe in. I love that. Me encanta eso lo que pusiste ahí, Katie Crosby, por medio de Bridge MCP. I love that narrative, Bridge. I love that narrative. If we could just get there, right? Bruce Car Bruce Fowler, Fast Car. I know. I I think when did Fast Car uh, when did Fast Car come out? Um uh when when was uh, let's see when was Fast Car released? Let's see what it let's see. 1988. I said I was in college, but I wasn't. I had already left college. I could swear it was earlier than that, but I yeah, I could swear it was earlier than that. Anyway, Anyway, I could sort of remember doing that. 1984, Alistair Waters. Uh, no, they said 1988. They said 1988. So anyhow, so it looks like it's been since 1988. Anyhow, let's uh, let's go ahead and see what folks are saying here on the screen. Uh, Gene Daigle says, does anyone uh, that have critical thinking skills think Trump has immunity? Well, that means currently and moving forward, Joe Biden would have immunity. Yeah, and Joe Biden could go and knock him off, right? I don't want Trump to win, so I'll send I'll send uh, our secret certain that secret service, our CIA to go ahead and knock off Trump, right? I I got immunity, man. I can do it. I'm doing it in the service of the country. You know, sometimes I don't think Trump thinks things through, you know, but he knows that most people aren't evil as he is. So he would go ahead and do those things. All right. Michael Reyes has replied to Bruce Pollard. That's what Trump wants. 91 felony charges and counting. The conservatives in this channel are in denial about what Trump has said and done. New York business fraud, Georgia election fraud, D.C., Florida willful retention, D.C. incited insurrection to Magati and a verdict delayed is a verdict denied. Exactamente eso. Verdict delayed is verdict denied. Fast car at Richmond High. No, it wasn't fast car at Richmond High. It was something else at Richmond High, wasn't it? I remember that movie that came out. I used to, uh, that, that young girl, half Filipina girl that was a star of it. What's her name? Can't remember her name right now. All right. Uh, Bruce was talking about her song, I think. Ah, okay. Okay. Same as BB. All right. Let's see. Alistair Waters says fast times at Richmond High. That's what it was. I remember that. Fast times at Richmond High. Exactly. Alistair Waters from. Conroe, Texas. Anyhow, let me go ahead and play you guys the first video. I think, you know, they ruled against Trump today, the, the D.C. court. But I think the media is doing the same thing that they did by allowing a false Trump narrative to take hold. I want you to listen to this exact this this piece that I did. After listening to some of how the media covered uh, the response that Donald Trump had to um, to this event, I mean, to, to, to losing the case. Let's go ahead and listen to that, and then we'll take it on the other side. Well, the D.C. court did its job. It took them a while, but they came out with that unanimous decision that said, no, the president is not above the law. He does not get that immunity that he wants to, that immunity that will give him the opportunity to murder people without any, without any consequences, that opportunity to do anything illegal without consequences. He was denied that ability. But I'm going to tell you, there's something that concerns me about 
this entire dialogue. I want you to listen to this, to the president's, to the to to his response, and then I want to tackle how the reporters handle it, how the journalists handle it, because it's the same mistake that they made previously. So listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. And depending on other court cases involving Donald Trump and his other litigation schedule, we could be seeing a trial of former President Trump for insurrection in the spring. Von Hilliard, I understand you have new reaction from the Trump camp. What is it? Yeah, I just want to read the statement that was just sent to me here by Trump campaign spokesman. Quote, if immunity is not granted to a president, every future president who leaves office will be immediately indicted by the opposing party. Without complete immunity, a president of the United States would not be able to properly function. Deranged Jack Smith's prosecution of President Trump for his presidential official acts is unconstitutional under the doctrine of presidential immunity and the separation of powers. Prosecuting a president for official acts violates the Constitution and threatens the bedrock of our republic. President Trump respectfully disagrees with the D.C. Circuit's decision and will appeal it in order to safeguard the presidency and the Constitution. Again, that is the new statement just sent a minute ago by the Trump campaign spokesman here. I think it's important to note each of those issues that was outlined by the Trump campaign in that statement was thoroughly written about by those three judges in their appeals decision here. And in part of this, I think it's important to pick out from the appeals court decision, which they write former President Trump's stance would collapse our system of separated powers by placing the president beyond the reach of all three branches. Of course, this is not just about the federal election interference charges against Donald Trump, but also the potential use of the Oval Office by presidents in the future. Of course, Donald Trump is running for the nomination again. He has talked about being dictator for a day. He has talked about the, the, the strengths of having a strong man running a country in so the decision here by the appeals court in the likely Supreme Court hearing oral arguments and taking this case up themselves and ultimately issuing their final ruling will have great implications, not only for this trial that is slated to take place against Donald Trump, but also future presidents of the United States. Now, here's a deal. Notice they go ahead and they tell you the statement that Donald Trump said. Donald Trump said that if a president doesn't get immunity, that it's a danger to the country and a danger to the Constitution. Why? Because people will come after the president. They will try to they will try to put the president in jail or do all these things to the president. If we don't give presidents immunity, it's ironic, right? Because Donald Trump said that one of the first thing he's going to do if he got reelected was to do exactly that to uh, Biden. And if you have immunity, that means after Biden is done, Biden is done and Donald Trump shouldn't be able to touch him. But he's speaking against it. But the journalists have failed here. Let me give an example. When Donald Trump puts out a notice and says that if he doesn't get immunity. This will put the country in danger, the constitution in danger, because the president, they will come after the president. Donald Trump forget that he was the 45th president. There were 44 presidents before him. Not one of these presidents requested some sort of immunity. Not one of these presidents were actually persecuted after they left office. And the only one that we should have persecuted after office, uh, Nixon, he got a, a pardon before any type of persecu prosecution occurred. 
So why isn't the media when it, when Donald Trump puts a statement out like that, the president must have humanity, uh, immunity. The president must have immunity to guarantee the Constitution and to make sure that the country is safe. Right. Because he may have to do things that later on. It, no. Again, that reporter immediately, that journalist immediately should say, well, Mr. President. Weren't there 44 other presidents before you? 44 over the last 200 plus years. And we never had that problem. Why should we be concerned about it? Because of you who created an insurrection, you who defrauded many, you who's nothing but a spoiled, illegitimate president that's a criminal. Why didn't they just say that? But again, this is the same media when Donald Trump was saying uh, uh, Obama was born in Thailand or Obama was born in Kenya. Show me your birth certificate. If we acknowledge that Obama's mother was that white woman in Kansas, a born American in Kansas, that should never have gotten any traction. Because it didn't matter if Obama was born in Kenya, Thailand, or any part of Africa or any part of the world, because his mother was an American citizen. And if his mother or father or both are American citizens, it doesn't matter where you are born, you are a natural born citizen. Um, uh, McCain, uh, McCain, Senator McCain was born in the same hospital that I was born in, Cocosolo, on a canal zone in Panama, Provincia de Colón. That's where uh, McCain, Senator McCain was born. Exactly the same hospital that I was born in, in Panama. Do you, do, did you see Donald Trump question McCain about birth certificates? Again, the media... The media allow these things that have no basis to get traction. Uh, asking, uh, make, that story should have been squelched immediately, just like this story about Donald Trump saying a president needs immunity or he it'll be a danger. There were 44 presidents previous to Donald Trump. Come on. Let's do our job and make sure the people are informed immediately. There were 44 presidents before Donald Trump. Not one of them were persecuted or prosecuted or attempted prosecution by anyone. So let's be clear here for that's a bunch of bunk. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where... So, yes, that is a bunch of what again? Bonk, 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 bonk. Uh, so, look, look, folks, let, 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 let's be clear here. Let's be clear here. It's very important. OK, uh, the same thing that happened uh, with, uh, you know, again, Trump and 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 and, uh, and the, the, you remember when they did the birth certificate with with uh, Donald Trump? They didn't do it necessarily him with McCain. But also they didn't do it with Ted Cruz. If I'm not mistaken, Ted Cruz was born. And let me let me check it. But let's see, where was Ted Cruz born? I think Ted Cruz was born in Canada, Calgary, Canada. Ted Cruz is a Canadian, right? 
So, and his father is Cubano. Same kind of thing with Obama, right? The only difference is Obama was born in Hawaii. But suppose he was born somewhere else, right? It still wouldn't have mattered. But that's what I'm talking about. That's what, notice I said about, about. That's how the Canadians say about. They don't say about, they say about. Anyhow. All right, let's see what else we got here before I continue. Uh, let's see if I brought anybody else in. Anybody else in? Uh, bring it in, bring it down, scrolling down. Daigle says that was a mistake by President Ford to grant a pardon for Nixon. I agree. Although, you know, some people think he saved the country from a lot of turmoil. Well, I think what it did is it allowed other presidents to believe they could get away with things. But, I mean, the mere fact that he got a pardon proved that he could have uh, he could have been uh, you know, hailed for the, uh, what can I, what's the word that I want to use? The mere fact that he got a pardon means that, well, guess what, folks? Guess what? He could have been convicted. If he needed a pardon, that means he could be convicted. All right, but he says, look north to D.C. They have an answer for border, but Trump won't allow it. Jim Jordan said he will delay anything at the border and immigration. Yet the U.S. Border Patrol has endorsed the bill. So there is that. Exactly right. Brother Paul Fleming from Atlanta, Georgia is in with us. E2247 is in the house as well. Welcome aboard. Hey, did I? Uh, yeah, I, I called out everybody. Uh, Paul Fleming says uh, his mother is an American. Yes, his mother's an American. Eric Hay says, who cares? We're born uh, worried about something you can't control as long as you're a citizen. Well, you have to be a, a natural born citizen to be president of the United States. Arnold Schwarzenegger is an American. He could not be president of the United States. I am a naturalized American. I cannot be president of the United States. I can't argue about it. It's in the Constitution. Even if people want me to be president of the United States, I could not be. It's constitutional. So therefore, insurrectionists cannot be president of the United States. And therefore, Donald Trump should not qualify for the presidency of the United States. Has nothing to do with let the people decide. You guys couldn't decide to make me president. Because it's in the Constitution. You guys can't decide to make Trump an insurrectionist president because it's in the Constitution. But we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Anyway, uh, Paul Fleming says, let's face it, the GOP hasn't worked for the people in nearly 20 years. Actually, it's beyond that, brother. And definitely for the American people in 20 years. So they are still attracted to what they say. Look. The GOP hasn't worked for the American people since the civil rights. They were instrumental in getting civil rights passed. So we have to give kudos to the GOP. The then GOP that was actually a practical party, a pretty progressive party, not anymore. All right. Macarrani says, you have to wonder why conservatives are so hung up with someone who was born as if after moving in childhood, that had any impact on who they are. Exactamente. All right, Martin John, welcome to Politics and Right. Where are you from, Martin John? Mr. Trump, I know you're a fighter and you never give up. It's good to see such courageous people like you. They make us stronger too. I wish you all the best for your campaign. Good luck. Are you serious, Martin? Is that a is that a kudos for Brother Trump, the criminal, the guy who rapes women? You know, tomorrow I'm going to play a piece by J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance just went ahead and dismissed that Donald Trump raped a woman, according to a judge. 
He just dismissed it. And he said, it's a shame that we even bring that up. I thought they cared about people. So you have a president who raped a woman and somehow he could be president. Think about if this was Donald Trump, several baby mamas, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you have to be bl- you have to be willfully blind, willfully. You have to be willful in not seeing that Donald, what Donald Trump is getting away with. A lot of Americans could not. Uh, Arnold's dad was a German soldier in World War Two. Yeah, he was a Nazi, actually, and he spoke up against it. He never tried to hide it. He spoke up against it. Tom Sarnik came with a limerick at last. We get refreshed with a limerick from Tom. Let me read it in the right tonality. Republicans are unhappy with Travis and Taylor, hoping their love will soon end in failure. Kelsey and Swift both like Biden and democracy, dislike the grift of Trump and autocracy, despise a cult in love with Vlad the Impaler. I like that. You see how he ties it all together? I bet you had to think a whole lot for that Impaler one, though, Tom. I bet that Impaler thing was like, come on, I need something for Taylor. I need something for Taylor. Let me see. Let me see. Impaler. Man, you're a genius. Michael Rodney says, sins of the father. Trump's dad was a landlord with racist housing policies. Does that impact your opinion? Should. Laurie Massey. Where are you from, Lori Massey? We like to kind of salute people and where they're from. So I want to know where Lori Massey is from, where Martin John is from. Welcome aboard. Uh, Eric Hay says, now calling is so powerful. Name calling is so powerful. No, but there's, but na- look, name calling is only a bad thing if you're lying, right? If I called, let's, Philly, welcome aboard. Lori Massey from Philly. I'm going to remember that so the next time you come in. I remember you are from Philly, my dear. Lori is from Philly. All right, here's the deal. I want to remind you guys of something. You said name calling is a bad thing. You're right. But name calling isn't speaking the truth, right? Donald Trump is mob boss-like. He's anti-intellectual. He's not very smart. That's not name calling. That's just the truth, right? That's just the truth. But anyway, we got another video here. You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, we're talking about the Senator uh, Lankford. He came up with a very, very conservative immigration bill, which for all practical purposes, I hate. But it came up. Now, well, let me just play this and let you listen to this. Uh, you, you, you'll be the judge of this yourself. Let's go ahead and play this. If you want to see the cowardice that exists within the Republican Party, if you want to see the insanity within the Republican Party, if you want to see the fealty to Donald Trump, if you want to see uh, what sycophancy to the nth degree looks like, one would have to include now, after initial bravery of defending uh, this immigration bill that is nothing more than a true conservative bill that both the Wall Street Journal, not the bastion of liberalism, and many other conservatives have hailed the best deal you're going to ever get, ever. And that was done because uh, Senator Lanford from Oklahoma 
was there. Senator Lanford from Oklahoma made the deal. He kind of forced the hands of Democrats to go because they want to, in an election year especially, they want to get over that immigration issue. And now, because Donald Trump says no, and he, he, he begged Donald Trump to read it, he begged Speaker Johnson to read it, he begged all these guys, read the thing, you're going to see you like it. But Donald Trump never cares about America, never cares about the border. For him, it's just about having something that he thinks he can use to bludgeon the president on. Now, Lanford is stepping away from his own bill. I want you to listen to this, and you'll understand the mob-like behavior of Trump and how it operates and the sycophantic cowardice that most of the Republican Party now has towards him. Check this out. Despite months of negotiations, even optimism, and widespread agreement that the border system is in desperate need of repair, a bipartisan bill designed to do exactly that is all but dead. Its fate seemingly sealed after Senate Republicans abandoned the bill in droves over the past 24 hours. Their argument? That it doesn't go far enough, or echoing Donald Trump, that it would be a political gift to Democrats. But that's not how everyone sees it. The Wall Street Journal editorial board writes... By any honest reckoning, this is the most restrictive migrant legislation in decades. A Washington Post editorial says Republicans should take yes for an answer because they'll never get a deal this good again. Even those who arguably know the system best, the union representing border agents, has come out in favor of the bill, calling it far better than the status quo. And yet it appears that's exactly what the country is going to get. Even the top GOP negotiator, Jim Langford, now says he may vote no on advancing his own bill if it comes to a vote this week. The biggest issue that I have is obviously I've got a lot of members that have questions on it. It's not going to move and become law if we try to be able to force this right now on it. So there's a difference between opposing the bill and saying we can't rush this right now. And so House Republicans answer is to impeach HHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. For the longest time, Lanford stood out. He fought for the bill. He tell people, told people to read the bill. This is the best bill you're going to get. He told folks all that they needed to know. We just need 25 senators so that we have a majority of Republican senators voting. But reality, we only need about nine or so to get that 60 votes. But couldn't do it. And now what he says he's going to do about the bill, I am going to say no. I wrote the bill. I made the best conservative bill I could ever get, whether we control the Senate or otherwise. I'm going to throw up the ball because Trump told me to do so. I'm going to throw it away. This is what the degeneracy of the Republican Party has become. And I tell you what, you can't lead a nation where you're living by the whims of a dummy. And that's who Donald Trump is. And that we have intelligent people following this intellectually deficient person because he is a mob-like bully speaks a lot to where we've come and what we, the American people, must determine in November of 2024. Is this what you want? You want to be run by an, an inept, corrupt criminal that puts his minions, 
Lenford, smart guy. But he's so scared. They're all so scared of the mob boss. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message. A message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us, please join. Absolutely. Join our network, folks. Join our network. Uh, easy to join. Uh, anyway, folks. Hey, uh, I love what uh, Lori Massey had to say. She says the following. Yes, crime. Philly has 2.8 million people residing there and they exploit the 0.1% on the media to seem like it is crime ridden. When it is actually a very small number of people, 99% are hardworking, good people. You know, it, it is all it is all a conspiracy in this way. Let me let me explain. Um, and it's so important because same problem we have here in Houston. If you look at TV and you look at we are over the our, our entire area is over five million people. Okay, and if you take a look at the entire area. Uh, you watch TV and you just think it is crime after crime after crime. So I did a thing once on my radio show at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. And I said, how many of you have ever confronted crime? In other words, of all the people listening, if you had something violent happen to you, a criminal did something to you, give me a call. No calls, right? Look, they have you so scared on TV about crime. And by doing that, it, it, here's what it does. It allows the police union to be funded with, you know, I, I think it's something like near 50% of the budget here in, in, um, in, in Houston. I don't remember the exact number, but a large percentage of the budget go towards the police, right? It also means that you lock people up and you have a lot of jails. I did a little piece on jails yesterday to show why it is ridiculous and stupid for us to keep building jails instead of finding other methods, right? Uh, one of the reasons I, I had the district attorney on, the, uh, not the district attorney, but the, the person running against the current district attorney, is he did not take on the Republican narrative to fool you into being so scared of going anywhere, right, that you don't. You live in, you live in fear. The truth of the matter is the crime rate is nowhere what they would want you to believe based on what you see on TV. What? Uh, Lori Massey is saying on the screen there is absolutely correct. And by the way, I love Philadelphia. I've been to Phil. I went to Philadelphia for the Democratic Convention when we had when we installed. I think it was Barack Obama. No, no, it was Hillary Clinton. Uh, it was when Hillary Clinton uh, accepted the nomination. And I also went to um, I also went to Philadelphia for another program. What was it for? I went to Philadelphia like two or three times, you know, beautiful city. And, uh, you know, where Rocky does his thing, you know, I went to the museum, all that good stuff. So beautiful city out there in, in Laurier. I think I was there also with the Daily Coast. I don't remember what I was doing there with Daily Coast, but anyhow. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that up and giving me a chance to say that. Uh, Michael says the SHIT on the border is to show conservatives that the southern border is just a Republican talking point to scare conservatives i think we need to uh, learn 
how to do it and do it right. Gene Daigle says Republicans killed the comprehensive uh, immigration bill under George W. Bush. Republicans killed the bill in 2013 uh, by a gang of eight, uh, including Senator Rubio. This Republicans killed this kill because this bill because the House Speaker is nothing but a proxy vote for Donald Trump. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactamente si. Lori Massey says they do not wish to govern as is. They want a king. They are sabotaging our system, in my opinion. That's not an opinion, uh, Miss Massey. That's a statement of fact. Mr. Rational says... Also, Biden wants to make America's word mean it means something. So he will do anything to get aid to Ukraine. Now, that part about uh, your word has to mean something. There's a there's a lot to that. There's a point to that. Uh, I, I don't support war, but I mean, I can understand that concept. But I tell you what I don't support. I don't support funding Israel at all. And when it comes to Biden doing right in certain things, he's absolutely doing very wrong with Israel. As he ponders trying to convince Netanyahu to become a human being, what is occurring is the deaths of hundreds and hundreds of Palestinians every single day. The massacre that occurred in, in uh, Gaza where 1,200 Israelis got killed, murdered by those terrorists was yet another thing that he, Netanyahu, facilitated indirectly. It's not conspiracy. It's all in the papers. Check out Herats, the newspaper Herats, okay? Uh, it's, a, it's a paper written in, in, uh, in, in Israel. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver que más tengo aquí. Um, Bruce says, Philly net roots. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. You were with me, my brother. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. You were with me for net roots in Pittsburgh, not Philly. We were in Pittsburgh together. All right, let's, uh, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Uh, E2247 says, just a note to seal team six. Sorry for the disappointment, but stand down and stand by. Well, I guess if he was going to get immunity, that's what. Biden should do, right? The seat. No, I do. I would never do that. I would never support that. All right. Not all Philly is safe. No, it's not. Not all Kingwood is safe. Right? It is safe until somebody comes in that makes it not safe. But the people that are not making this stuff safe is not, you know, it's not like look, I could go out and walk, or my daughter could go out and walk every night all of her life in likely the worst part of uh, of this this city and would likely be okay. I would do it in some areas, but she would likely be okay. Chicago. Were we in Chicago, Bruce? I, I lose the cities that we're in. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's where you and I were. Chicago, not... Man, I'm losing it, dude. I'm losing it. I, I know we're going... I, I know that this year I'm going to uh, Netroots in Baltimore. And then the Democratic Convention is going to be in where? Uh, Chicago. Okay. I don't know where I'm going to be all the while this time, but you know, we are going to be broadcasting from all these different places. Hopefully, if I can raise the funds to do it. All right. Laurie Mann says, what do you think of Biden's EO on settlers in the West Bank? 
I think it's I, I think it's a, a, the least he could do, right? To sanction them, that's the least he could do. But I think what he needs to do is, yo, you want me to? What I really think about Israel is fairly radical. I think, look, we, meaning America, Great Britain, and a few others, put Israel into existence. That's a statement of fact. Okay. In the process. Uh, is the the new state of Israel did in fact create a Nakba? I think it's called Nakba. That's a statement of fact as well. I'm not going to go into the right and wrong of this right now, but what I'm going to say is the following. But there would be no Israel without the United States, and in fact, President Biden, on the floor of the Senate, said. We are the partners with Israel. If Israel did, or something to this effect, I'm paraphrasing. If Israel didn't exist, we would have had to create it. Well, actually, you did create it. But so it's important for us to understand these things. I'm not going into the religious part and and all of that sort of stuff, okay? Because the truth of the matter is one, one could postulate that our racist behavior here in the United States by not allowing Jews who were running from Nazis back in the 30s, late 40s, to come over here, and that we just kind of went ahead and created that home. I mean, there's a lot. I'm not going to go there today because I, I, I wouldn't be complete in telling the story, and I need to be complete when I'm telling this story. But let's be clear here. I am for you know when when uh bush didn't like what was happening in panama they overthrew our government when they didn't like what was happening in chile they overthrew the chilean government they overthrew government after government after government right look at the kinds of governments they overthrew the kind of people that that suffer from the overthrow of those government i think uh, if Netanyahu continues, well, not if he continues, I think it is time. If, if we have already set precedences for overthrowing our allies that don't don't uh, do right. And by the way, I'm not saying Chile didn't do right, but it actually, Allende, uh, well, I won't go there. But um, I think Netanyahu needs to be overthrown. I'll say it. I think Netanyahu is a clear and present danger to the world. Not just to Israel, not just to the Jewish people. I think Netanyahu is a clear and present danger to the world. Netanyahu is all the problems in the Red Sea right now. Netanyahu, all the problems that uh, that we're having with the murders in Gaza. Netanyahu. Okay, Netanyahu, that one, that one guy with his right wing government is putting it in jeopardy reading comments from the right now you know why i skipped ask egberto i took a part dryer on sunday well you know bridge i am i'm gonna have to come and give you a big hug and transfer my what uh, eric called me leopard not leopard uh alligator skin on saturday and transfer my alligator skin to you all right all right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver, para ver. 
I haven't even read too many of the the right wing comments today. Let's see. Uh, Alistair agrees with me. Lori Matt said, absolutely, BB is Israel's Trump. Yeah, actually, I think BB is worse than Trump. And you know why he's worse than Trump? He's intelligent. And an, and an intelligent Trump is a danger. And if you doubt it, an intelligent Trump was able to wipe out Gaza, just about wipe out Gaza. Uh, MR Inter Irrational says, wealthy Jews in the late 1900s and early 20th century uh, bought tons of land from the Ottomans who weren't using it. That was a generation, germination of Israel. All right, uh, let's go to, uh, if I'm okay with, I'm never okay with war at all, Eric. Never, ever, ever, ever. All right, we got one more video to show you, and this one is a good one. I ask you so kindly to listen to it in detail. Let's get busy. Are you tired of those who constantly say, and including myself, right? The economy is doing based on the numbers so well. Why aren't the people giving Biden the credit necessary? Why aren't the people, why are people saying they expect a whole lot? They, they, they have more faith that Donald Trump can do better with the economy. I want to tell you why. And, you know, we talk about narrative a whole lot and it is narrative. It is mostly narrative. And it's not only the narrative of what has happened, but the narrative on what has to occur and what you're working for. Donald Trump would like to. Well, I tell you what, I want you to listen to this piece from uh, this roundtable on MSNBC first and see that how they talk about, hey, the economy is great. What's the problem? Well, Americans are feeling inflation. The mere fact that they're calling it inflation, that's what Americans feel in. It's part of the narrative problem. Listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Andrew, we'll start with you. Uh, and just, is there something we're missing? The numbers all look really good. If you had to find a bad one, where would it be? Well, let me say this. And I, I'm just listening to the conversation you're having. And this is not necessarily something that I um, agree with, meaning I think we have a great economy. I think that you look at this economy on all metrics and it's almost, it's very, very challenging to say it's a problem economy. The challenge though, and the real challenge is and, and I don't blame the president for this, but I think when it's on your watch, you get blamed for it, is even with inflation coming down, it went up. Prices are still mm -hmm. a third higher than they were, you know, three years ago. And so, you know, even if you look at gas prices down and there's some food prices that are down and all that's great. And, and we should you can give the president credit uh, for, some, you know, undoing some of the supply chain problems from before and the like. But I think that the average American is looking and going, it just costs more than it used to. And even though my wages might be marginally higher than they used to be, because wages have gone up, too, they say to themselves, the differential is that I'm still underwater on a relative basis. And I think life is relative. And I'm not saying this is this that, that the president should get the blame for this, but I think that's what is happening. I think that's when you look at the numbers, I say it's follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. And that's where the money mm -hmm. goes for, for better or worse. So Christine, let's get to your, your take on this. I mean, the job report on Friday was blockbuster, yeah. roaring economy yeah. right now. Uh, White House aides, they point to consumer sentiment. They say, yeah. look, people are starting to feel better. We're going to start seeing this in our poll numbers. That may be, it hasn't happened yet. Americans might be feeling better about the economy 
They're not giving Joe Biden any credit. They're not. And I think it's just like Andrew said, it's those inflation scars. They are deep and they are fresh and it'll take time for those to to heal. I mean, look at car insurance and, and homeowners insurance. Those are up 20 and 30 percent in some cases. And people feel that when they pay those bills uh, all the time, their wages are up. But there are a lot of other things that they're that are still bothering them. It's interesting because inside the White House, they're very, very careful about not using inflation and saying inflation is getting better. They talk about price prices because they know that is what is really bothering people. But they are leaning into these these numbers. The economy, by every metric, is doing well. It's the perception, the inflation-scarred perception from consumers that isn't keeping up. Let's first talk about narrative. The word inflation. All the newscasters are using it. All of us are using the word inflation. Inflation is when prices go up. And prices can go up for several reasons. Real inflation, right? Uh, real natural inflation that occurs is caused by as, as the, you know, raw material increases as the cost of labor for because we give salary increases, et cetera, increases. Naturally, we get a small bump in the price of products because of this natural sort of good inflation. But what occurred and during the pandemic was not inflation. And the mere fact that we continue to just make it seem like inflation, then you can blame, you can go ahead and somehow seem to blame a president or a, a, a Congress, et cetera, directly for this thing, which isn't so. The reality is what we have is not an inflation rate, but like I mentioned in previous blogs before, a corporate greed rate a CGR. And that is what we should be calling the rate that we're looking at. The, the, it, we shouldn't be calling it inflation. We should be calling it corporate greed rate. CGR. It's a new narrative that needs to be spoken. It needs to be created. Why those experts that the Democratic Party are paying millions to don't come up with these sort of narratives behooves me. So yes, the American people feel when they go to the grocery store and yes, their wages, real wages went up relative to inflation or should say relative to the CGR, relative to the corporate greed rate, real wages went up. But you still go to the store and all these products, I, I went to the grocery store, I don't know, go often and I was like, my God, that's what a bag of chips costs? My God, that's what a piece of bread costs? It's crazy. Uh, two baguettes at Costco, five bucks and change. Look, that is what people are feeling, right? And if you don't make the correlation that the reason they're paying that, don't blame government, but blame the corporation, blame the CGR, corporate greed rate, then of course they're going to blame the person who's in power. And then when you have a liar that will come out and say, I will make life better for you. And remember, the economy was much better under me. The only thing they remember about the economy under Donald Trump is that prices were lower than they were today because what happened that caused prices to go up? Complete economic mismanagement by the corporate sector. The supply chain problem, corporate greed. Uh, the shortage of uh, the, the, high, the spike in oil prices should have never occurred. There was always an oil glut, corporate greed. Uh, not being able to bring supplies over because of the, the, the pandemic, 
Well, just-in-time inventory failure, corporate greed. We have to change the narrative. We have to let people know why they're feeling the pain, but you have to take it one step further. What are you going to do, Mr. Government, to solve the problem? You have to hit the corporations and you have to let it be known that you will hit them. Elect me. I will make sure that they can't steal from you any longer with the CGR, with the corporate greed index, the corporate greed rate. We have to know that we are fighting for you, not in in in, in ridiculous terms like we're going to try to we're going to ask them to reduce their prices. Look, we, we they they're building semiconductors overseas. We couldn't get semiconductors here because of the pandemic. So prices of cars zoomed up because they can't get enough parts for the cars. So we're helping the private sector build factories in America where they they, they got big profits for leaving America. Now we are investing in America for the corporations to get these semiconductors built here. As you can see, the corporate sector is a big thief in welfare sector. When we pay for the mistakes that they've made, when the interest rates went up, the bank to supposedly cool inflation. No, you wasn't cooling inflation. You're cooling the corporate greed index. That's what you were you were cleaning up on the corporate greed index or the corporate greed rate, folks. Uh, Democrats, progressives, you want to win? Start telling the truth. Start telling Americans why. We are or why we had that higher prices, which were caused by corporate, the corporate greed index or the corporate greed rate. That's not inflation. It is corporate greed. It's a corporate greed rate. CGR. Remember it. CGR. Anytime somebody says inflation, say CGR. Let's get the narrative right. We spend a lot of time deconstructing. Let's get the narrative right. And with us is the one and only La Mujer de Conroe, Alistair Waters. How are you doing, beautiful? Hey, brother. I totally forgot we were on a video. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> no, maybe that's I've had okay. one too many beers. But let me ask you something. I've had because one too many beers because Eric is talking <laughs> about, you know... <laughs> Financial literacy. I've I've drank a couple beers now. You are drunk. Salud. Estás, no, not mira, really. I haven't, even, I haven't even had. Okay, that's I I, you know. I, I wanted to use my Spanish word. I wanted to use my Spanish word. Estás inebriada, but I guess you. I can't use it anymore. I'm not inebriated. No, I'm not inebriated. Okay. 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 Uh, totally, totally coherent. But uh, yeah, no, he makes me want to drink, so I just salute with a with a with a beer. <laughs> I hear you. So, I hear you. So what's up? So I just gotta say, this is so nuts, Eric. Seriously, dude, where do you get your news? Are hey, you look. not hearing what Fox Business Report was saying? They were even agreeing that. 
The economy is good. Fox. Look, let me t- let me let me tell you, Alistair, and say it was good. We baby Jesus. Alistair, the funny thing about it, right, is it sadly. Uh, you know, Eric always talk about literacy, right? Get some literacy. And he's right. We need some financial, financial literacy. literacy. Yeah. yeah, he's right. But guess what he needs? Economic literacy. He doesn't understand the difference Bruno. between uh, uh, the debt of a country and personal debt. Two completely different things. In fact, I mean, the, and that is one, you know, yeah. when, when, when Republicans try to use that simplistic notion about government debt and somehow make it seem like it's the same as a credit card or whatever, it's, I, I hate to use this word, but I got to say it, it is the most stupid thing one can do because uh, government debt is a regulated mechanism while your debt is yep. just that debt. And that people yep. can't get it. It's a, I mean, the reason they don't get it is they get their information from people who care nothing about them, but just to mislead them into voting appropriately. Anything else uh, before I, I want to run down some of these things that people I, have me, written? Let me just say, let me pipe, let me pipe in real quick that Eric, I don't own, I don't do credit cards. That's irresponsible and not fiscally responsible whatsoever so no my beer i pay with cash money that i've earned so thank you there you go there you go there you go uh my dear alistair anyway we'll talk we'll talk we'll talk i'll see you either tomorrow morning on my show or tomorrow afternoon on this show so we'll see all right all right have a good one y'all Take care now. Anyway, folks, let me run down real quick. We only got two minutes and I want to give my pitch as well. Uh, Michael said Michael said something that I wanted to read out. Under Biden's improved economy, 60% of Americans are still living paycheck to paycheck. I actually checked the recent history from Trump's terms. Just a few years ago, it was approaching 80%. The Guardian from 2018, almost 80% of U.S. workers live paycheck to paycheck. That's what I said. Biden was an improvement. We still need to go way more. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Lori says the order sanctions foreign uh, persons directing, enacting, implementing, enforcing, or failing to enforce policies that threaten the peace, security, or stability of the West Bank. Exactamente mundo. Michael says replying to Michael Rudnick for those who who don't like the Guardian Forbes from 2019 career builder found that 78% of U.S. workers are living paycheck to paycheck. Very important point. And guess where that's from? Business Journal. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right. Lee Grant's. Uh, well, that's a reply from Brother Lee Grant. Uh, Michael, that's a reply to Eric. Uh, Lori Mossi says fossil fuel industry got uh, trillions in subsidies in 2020. Add that to cheap gas you saw. Exactly right. Brother Tom C says record corporate profits and greedflation. Shop all these. I like all these. Other discount grocery stores buy alternate food products on sale. Agree. Eggs over $4 a dozen a year ago. Now $1.50. Gas $2.72 at Costco today. I paid $2.39. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Bruce says they can give it away after collecting the subsidy. Amen. Uh, let's keep scrolling down. Let's keep scrolling down. Tom says, okay, to use credit cards if you pay off the balance every month automatically. I try to do that every so often. I get caught and can't do it, but I, I, you know, I, I always try to find a way to catch up. 
I need to sell more books. Hey, guys, I need to sell more books. Uh, and you can see my books on the screen. Go to politicsunright.com slash books. Politicsunright.com slash books. Try my books. You're going to learn a lot from the stuff that we talk about. And guess what? You'll be getting something in the mail, not in the mail, in the in your email pretty soon because my new book, uh, Tribulations of a Afro-Latino Caribbean Man, is now in paperback. And it's actually out at Amazon. I, I'm still fixing it up. I need to create a landing page for it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that gets released. Guess when? That's released already, but it's going to be officially released in a day or two. All right. Let's see. I got to get out of here beforehand. I want to ask all of you who are listening to my voice at this point in time to please consider being a friend of of uh, the PDR Posse. Become a part of the PDR Posse by going to politicsandright.com slash support. politicsandright.com slash support. And by the way, you can get to all our properties. I'm going to give you the new link. You can get to all of our properties by going to politicsandright.com slash info. And I thought I had it in here, so I don't. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, put it here. Politics... Go here, politicsdoneright.com slash info. Uh, you get to all our properties there, TikTok, Instagram, uh, uh, Pinterest, everything is right there. Check it out. And by the way, I want to ask you to subscribe to our newsletter. Please consider becoming a paid subscriber of our newsletter. It is free for everybody. People who become paid subscribers can read all our books online. I think I have two of them loaded. I still am working on loading all the others. It's a lot of work, but I'm getting it there. And you will have access to all of my books online. Anyway, folks, I want to thank you all as usual. Love you all. Love the callers. Love the listeners. Please stay. Come back. Share the show. Tell people about us. Check out our podcast. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby, right? I am what? Ah. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.